Welcome to Beyond Dragondom Podcasts. Series 2 are audio readings from Aisha, Primary Contact, by Leslie M. Laws. The author holds copyright, all rights reserved. Should you want more details on this series of books, check out the link to the Tales from Dragondom website. And now, let us join Aisha, going once more beyond the portal in the quantum space-time continuum. Episode 9 Inner Earth The speed we travelled through the vortex of quantum time and space only took a few split seconds, or so it seemed. Little one had simply stretched out his neck, and as I held on to his flowing horns, we flew forward. The end of the vortex and the portal dropped us into the twilight of wherever we were. I looked around before I dismounted, and also looked up at the sky in the hope that I might recognise something. I noticed little one doing the same. He allowed his dragon sense to open fully to check the entire area. Then he relaxed. No darkling here. That in itself was a relief. Welcome once again, dear friends. The voice was in mind-speak and was warm and melodic. I turned slightly and from out of the bushes and trees, just off to the side, I saw the tall, slim figure of a young Arcturian, who we had met previously, in another place and another time. Welcome to our humble home. He smiled warmly and continued as he watched us looking around the space in which we had arrived. As you will have noticed, you do not know the stars above us. This is simply because they are not stellar constellations but a holographic portrayal placed above on the cavernous ceiling of this underground world. I looked at him. Apart from the fact that he was no longer nervous as he had been at the previous meeting, he looked the same apart from his clothing, which now was a full-flowing gown-type cover that flowed to just above his knees and was open at the front, showing a one-pieced aquamarine suit with embossed nine-star emblem. I looked again at this and realised that it was the emblem of Earth, our planet, and Sun. Little One pulled me back into the now, and where we were, the Arcturian, we had come to meet with. Commander, I believe you have some news for me. He smiled warmly and gestured ahead to where we stood, and the air shimmered, and in place of the gentle rolling hills, the foreground now, in a semicircular dip, was a beautiful city. We occasionally get guests, and the portal holographic picture just helps to keep things peaceful. But I wanted you to see what is underground on your planet Earth. We live in perfect harmony here with Gaia Sophia, 
and keep a watch over what is happening on her surface. Come, let us sit, and you can tell me the news. Then you can see what we have created here with Sophia's help. He moved off, back towards the bushes and the trees, and onto a small path, which I hadn't noticed before. As we moved, I could feel the warm, gentle embrace that I, in my human form, knew so well as Sophia, Gaia, the consciousness of Earth. Our hearts melded, and it felt so good, good to be home. Little one stayed his ground and let me walk off alone behind our host, keeping our open channel through our heart centre knowing we were amongst friends. The tall Arcturian gestured to a small terrace that seemed almost to float out above the city below, seating with natural rocks that were polished and smooth by use over time. We sat. He seemed totally at one with all around him. Let me introduce myself properly, my dear Aisha. I'm Andar and I have a feeling that we will be meeting many times as this journey unfolds for humanity and all of us. For you to be sent here in person, I get the impression that the news you bring was was too delicate to be transmitted, even from source, although this seems strange, as we have no problem with our timelines here. And, uh, Forgive me, but I have come from Zor via source. Having first given them news of a new, one might say, upgraded version of the Darkling virus. To give you a quick overview, it will be easier simply to do it holographically, and Michael suggested you needed to know all that I and he now know. He nodded, and I mentally projected the holographic images, into the space between us. I included the ceiling of the cube, and then the removal, and then removed the images, and waited for the questions or a reaction, as there had been absolutely nothing the whole time the hologram played out. The silence was almost deafening. Now he stood and slowly walked forward to look down, to the city below. His back towards me, yet I could feel his concern and knew he was trying to make sense of what I had shown him. You say this was found on Zor? He turned to face me and continued in mind speak. I noticed his brow furrowed as he digested this news. Yes, as you saw, we landed a small party thinking there was something wrong, but with no knowledge at the time of exactly what we would find. The rest of the team have stayed on and are continuing to search for the crew of the ship and also for answers to where the wormhole leads and how far advanced the situation is. When we leave here, we go back to join the others and try to secure the problem. I now understand why Michael felt it so important that you knew. We believe that, as many agents of dark have left Earth, some have slipped through, and now aim to continue their demise 
by infiltrating into far-off zones and working back as they become stronger. This needs to be prevented. I paused. I could feel Sophia had picked up already on what I was about to say. Both Dralimer and I know this new mutation is based on the Darkling that was believed destroyed on Mars during the Galactic Wars. We know it has its own consciousness. From what we witnessed and from the previous dealings with it, we believe it has the ability to spread like a virus through everything given a chance, even a planet and its entire being. And I'll spam round to fully face me now as this sunk in. Well, we had better be prepared then, hadn't we? His smile had lost some of its spark. Sophia, how many dragons are now in place above on the surface? Sophia's voice was calm and regular, no sign of the worry that I could feel inside her. There are enough, Andar. The white dragons will take the lead, but I think it would be advisable to have more, and some also in the underworld zones. Aisha, have the dragons been advised on this new situation? Sorry, Sophia, I don't know if Michael and the High Council have already brought this to their attention on Arianel. When I left, he simply told me that I was to meet with Andar and then go direct to the secure zone set up around Zor and the locations around the planets there. If you like, Little One can connect to his mother when we get there and send a secure call through. Ask for others to come and you can confirm to the White Dragons. By the way, if they have any of the right age, they can morph and go small to be able to work underground. I felt her laugh at that thought. I also smiled. Yes, I had learned a great deal. Before I could say more, I felt her connecting with the little one and threw him to the white dragons on her surface and also simultaneously to his mother to save time. Because of the special way in which dragons can communicate with others of their kind, I knew that we would not hear, nor would anyone else outside those involved in the direct link be aware, even of a connection being made. I allowed myself to relax a little, and grounded myself to Sophia, to Gaia, to Earth. I closed my eyes, and felt the connection through my body as I once more became totally connected between Source and Sophia, as I had done so many times before when still living on her. Now, however, the power of that connection was very different. I felt all my chakras fill with a warm, upwelling power from the ground as my feet, through my mind, literally rooted into the ground. I also felt the shaft of blue-white ray fill my spine and come in from source and grounding also into the very centre of Sophia herself. Then, glowing and throbbing as the powers of the connection flowed in both directions through my very being, looking at myself through my third eye, I was aware of every cell in my body glowing and pulsing with light. 
I was also aware of being watched with astonishment and awe by my host. Deep within my consciousness, I heard a voice encouraging me to let what was happening happen and not fight the change. Also asking permission of the elementals and nature of the planet to connect with me through her and knowing what I had to say about what was happening elsewhere. I relaxed into the wave and gave my permission. It opened a kaleidoscope of colour, not only within me, but within the entire underground realm where I was, pulsating through every part of the natural structure. I knew deep inside that from here all trees, fungus and natural life throughout the planet would gain access to this knowledge and be prepared, just in case. It was done. I was released and came back fully into the now. I felt relaxed, like having enjoyed a deep meditation. As Little One was still working between the White Dragon Council on Earth and the Emerald Dragon, his mother, who was now back on Arianel with Milana, I took a short break to look around this beautiful underground world with Andar. He had produced two boards with straps on to go over our footwear. They looked like skateboards, but the difference was that these could be controlled by the wearer's mind and allow the wearer to hover and fly with ease. However, the first few seconds was somewhat amusing as I learnt quickly to balance my weight. Yes, flying upright is more comfortable than finding yourself hanging upside down in the air by your feet. We hovered for a while, just taking in the beautiful scene of the city below and in front of us. I opened my mind further and could pick up on the mind speak of many voices, as well as music and song, the laughter of happy people and children playing. Looking further out, I could see woodland and terrace fields, waterfalls and some beautiful ponds which seemed to be on various levels, with channeled waterways leading from one to another, right down into the city below. Many of the buildings were several stories high, shaped like giant quartz crystals, and seemed to be created out of opaque crystalline substance, with the additional colours now running through the cavernous walls and ceiling from my connection, they too were matching the iridescence. There were also some domes, similar to the one I had been in on Arianel. Andar motioned us down, and we came into land in a beautiful garden area, nearest to the largest of these domes. Come, let me show you a little of what life is like here. Fully self-sufficient, with our own portals, both to other places on planet and to a central off-planet trading post, which links us all to our home planet stargates. We are a mixed race culture here. So you will see Lyrans, 
Arcturians, Andromedans and others who used to live on the surface but came down here a long time ago. He paused. There are many other groups in different zones in Inner Earth. I think we have about 40,000 extended families here and in the other adjoining centres at this moment. Some of them have been here from oh, before the present modern civilization on the surface, some from the time of Mu. He smiled at the surprise on my face. So, let me show you some of what we have before you leave. I know you will be back, so next time let us take the time to give you a real welcome. He motioned to the large dome directly off the path on which we stood. This is where the library and the teaching centre are housed. Very much a central hub of our community, where we all share not only our own knowledge, but that of this galaxy and Earth, Gaia herself. Inside it was laid out from the centre, like the spokes of a wheel. A central dais with a large crystalline tube which reached into the air from which at intervals were further spokes or walkways leading to wider platforms far above. Looking up I counted four levels in total all laid out from the central zone. There was no staircase to be seen anywhere. Then as the central shaft opened on our level I realised it must be a lift serving all sectors. Someone came out pushing a hovering trolley covered in different coloureds and sized crystals. They moved down one of the pathways. Only now did I really notice the, the mixed group of both young ones and adults who were sat on the floor altogether. Fascinated, I watched as the newly arrived crystals were touched in turn and a melodic sound ensued before the entire wall of the dome surrounding them turned into a holographic visual of another place and time. History, both visual and through the thoughts of the narrator, unfolded before my eyes. Here, below this dome, are the vaults where crystal records are kept, not only from Earth throughout her history, but from all areas of the galaxy and from the home galaxies of each group we represent. They give a good overview of the different histories from different viewpoints, and we all come here to learn and to discuss what we learn. We also house our recording area as we watch and record what is happening on the surface. This includes much that is sent back to us via numerous members who are on the surface within the population around the planet. They can only stay in place for limited linear years as they do not age in the same way, as you know. I was about to ask if I could see that area when Little One called to me in his usual way. My mind was suddenly filled with a visual of his large, beautiful eye. It was time to go. We had, after all, got work to do. I said my goodbye to Andar and promised to come back, and then simply teleported back to where Little One was, 
waiting to vortex out. There were so many questions I wished to ask, so much more I wanted to see in this hidden realm below the surface of the planet that part of me called home. But they would have to wait for now. Thank you.